Rocky Horror Minute is rated R. The Rocky Horror Picture Show is also rated R. We're going to spend this time discussing the movie in gory detail. And along the road, we will talk about some adult content and use some of our favorite swear words. Ann Landers is a boring old biddy. Consider yourselves warned. Welcome to Rocky Horror Minute, the podcast where we break down the Rocky Horror Picture Show in excruciating detail, one minute at a time. I'm one of your hosts, Leandra. And I'm your other host, Kelly. And today, we're talking about Minute 66, the sign of the beast, (laughs) I guess. Sure. Yeah. And so much happens in this, so much that I think Kelly is best suited to explaining. So take it away. I don't know if that much happens, but I'll tell you what did. So Riff Raff is pouring Brad's wine and kind of sloshes it out of his glass and onto the table. Dr. Scott, we get a shot of him looking kind of concerned and putting his napkin in his lap. Frank finishes cutting the meat, sets the carver down, and then raises a glass of, I'm going to say, suspiciously light-colored wine uh, and says, A toast to absent friends. Everyone kind of murmurs, two absent friends kind of reluctantly in response. Magenta is grinning ear to ear at this. And then he says, and Rocky. And he puts on a very silly party hat with a lot of streamers coming out of the top of it. While he's doing this, Magenta and Riff are, especially Magenta, are getting the plates ready with uh, what we at this moment think is turkey on the plates and what was probably actually turkey during filming. And then Frank starts singing Happy Birthday, and people join him after the first round. So he's, Happy Birthday to you, Happy Birthday to you. And then he he stops singing and, or, well, he says, Happy Birthday, dear Rocky, and then stops singing, and then... We prominently hear Janet say, Happy birthday to you, as she gets cut off with Frank sitting down very curtly, saying, Shall we? And he sits down. They're serving meat throughout the song. Riff and Magenta are kind of just laying it down, walking around the table as they go. After the song finishes, Riff tosses down a couple more slices to Brad and Scott. We see Magenta walk back around the table and stick a piece in her mouth (laughs) to chew on. And then we cut to Rocky holding the meat with both hands and just gnawing into it like an animal. Uh, Columbia kind of elbows him and kind of discreetly tries to indicate her fork. Uh, So then he picks it up and stabs his meat. And that's the end of the minute. It's wonderful. Yeah. It's your favorite minute. It's not my least favorite minute. It's kind of fun. Um, But yeah, it's low on dialogue or anything. Yeah. I thought it was interesting that when, uh, when they toast... Brad is, like, wiping his glass, which I guess is supposed to be because, like, the wine got sloshed out of it, but he's wiping it with the napkin. And he's kind of angrily doing it, too, as a continuation from last minute, and he's singing 
with like clenched teeth because he hates Rocky so much for being in his fiance. Yeah. I have a couple of costume pieces that I want to talk about. Okay, let's hear it. So first off, we never really discussed in detail what Dr. Scott was wearing. So now is as good a time as any. He's wearing a beautiful maroon tie to match his stupid socks that we've already discussed. It has mostly white, maroon, orange striping, and he also has a rectangular metallic clip on that tie. He's wearing a light blue dress shirt with black cufflinks, and I think it's a three-button gray jacket. He also has assorted pens and pencils clipped onto his left breast pocket suit because he is a fucking nerd. (laughs) And as far as I can tell, he never uses them, but they're right there. The next costume piece that I just wanted to shout out is Magenta's bra. I love this bra so much. There are sequins that are not quite to the edge of the demi cup and the demi cup of the bra has scalloped edges and the sequins are purplish and pinkish and I think there are a couple of blue. At least Ruth's anal retentive said that it did and I have no reason to to disagree with Ruth. And I think the the coolest costume to talk about in this moment is Frankenfurter's. He's rocking this beautiful velvet corset with a purple paisley design, and there's a chiffon kind of overshirt attached to it that has an overlay of raised-stitched silver metallic flowers, and there are just rhinestones everywhere. It also buttons up the back. It is just... It kind of gives matriarch, but also very slutty. There's something about this costume that I think is just the coolest. And the only other costume piece is Columbia is still wearing the Mickey Mouse ears that she was wearing in her bedroom. And I don't know if we had talked about this before, but she doesn't have any makeup on, so no eyebrows. Oh, and Rocky still has his ripped slip bandages. Sounds great. I also really like the embroidery on Frank's dinner shirt. But yeah, I I think we talked about it a little bit last minute too, but I think it's great that Patricia Quinn made a clear choice to have Magenta be loving the all of the subtle murder jokes in this scene, not attempting to contain her laughter at that yeah she's she's giving kind of drunk and Mm. also very pleased as punch to to be in on the joke and also you talked about how she popped a piece of meat into her mouth she chews on it for the rest of this scene and that is such a weird choice to make and one that I'm happy that she did because it is it keeps that kind of in the front of your mind that she is in on the joke and not in any way perplexed or fussed about what she's eating. Yeah. I don't know why she would take that long to chew what I think is just regular turkey. 
Or even if it was human flesh. It's not like it's jerky. Could be gristle. Even so. But regardless, that's the choice she made. And that's pretty much all I had. I mean, I originally wanted to talk about the timing of dinner scene, but I really just think it's answered by the they're aliens it it but we would be remiss not to mention that it is strange to eat dinner after your guests have been sent to bed <laughs> and uh fucked well if you think about it it takes like x amount of time for meat to cook and we know when the spoiler alert it's eddie that they're eating i know that's shocking but we know when he died so magenta and i guess riff would have had to cut him up and then do at least enough to it so that it was in a form that could be put in an oven and then it would have had to bake yes but it is still not usual to serve dinner after your guests were sent to bed. I can agree with that. I think that it is a bad choice to go, I am not going to serve dinner until this corpse is brown and delicious. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I guess, do you think that the dinner was, like, planned? Um, planned, I think, is a strong word. It doesn't seem like Frank is terribly surprised that dinner is there. I know, but they can't have planned it ahead of time, could they? Unless they were always planning for Eddie to get unfrozen and then chopped up. Well, maybe they thought that they had already killed Eddie, and it was always the plan after all of the Transylvanians had left to do the carving of the corpse. So the fact that it it needed to be killed twice wasn't shocking. I guess that's fair. They're aliens. Yeah, they're aliens. I'm overthinking it. But that's all I had. Do you have anything else? Nope. I already gave you my notes. So I guess callbacks? Yeah, go for it. And we actually, this is a fun one because we have toasts. Yeah. So I'll start... But since it happens at the very beginning of this minute, when Riff is about to splash wine on the table, you can say, what kind of wine is that? Table wine. And then you can even follow up by whining like a table. I don't want to be a table. But when Frank announces a toast, first of all, it, prop bag item, if you got toast, throw it in the air. Uh, often the toast is not bread anymore because of theater vermin and nobody wanting to clean up toast crumble but the, it'll be like a piece of cardboard usually now anyway you throw your toast in the air and then you can give a toast my favorite one that i've heard to this day is still to steve Irwin, who died as he lived with animals in his heart leandra what's your favorite that one's good. I have a couple of others, but I think that there's a reason that that one is the one that you hear the most these days. It's it's the best. I think I hear Gary Coleman the most. I 
can appreciate that. I have been throwing in some older ones just because I want the Steve Irwin one to stay as fresh as possible for as long as possible. Well, what other ones do you do? So the original one is a toast to cannibalism to absent friends. Same thing, mm. but it was replaced at some point with a toast to Gary Coleman, who died as he lived of different strokes. And then I've heard a toast to David Carradine, who died as he lived, well hung, or a toast to Amy Winehouse, who died as she lived, not going to rehab. I've heard the Amy The David Carradine's a new one. Uh, how did he die? Well, he... He hanged himself. Oh, fuck. I don't know why I forgot that people can hang themselves. And I was like, was he, like, hung for treason or something? No. That, yeah, I don't. Ignore me. I'm an idiot. Um, oh, I'm looking. It was autoerotic asphyxiation. That makes more sense. Yeah. Very sad. My Actually, my this is not a joke or a funny thing, but my first boyfriend when I was in high school died that way. That's awful. Yeah, it is. Um, anyway, that is, I guess, I guess I know why I don't hear that one much. I didn't even, truthfully, did not even know he was dead. Yeah, there are, I'm sure, others. If you want to have us either do some research or make one up for your favorite dead celebrity, please send us an email at rockyhorrorminute at gmail.com or leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. And <laughs> we will either research how your dead celebrity died and make fun of them for that, or we will look to see if the community has already done that work for us. Yeah. Yeah, I'm always... I The toasts are always a funny one for me. I would love to, if you know one that we didn't say, get in touch, won't you? So then after that... Before he sings happy birthday, now a song even the virgins will know. And then the follow-up can be either like, no, it wasn't on the soundtrack or more. The one I hear all the time at our show is, no, it wasn't on the Glee episode, which always gets a laugh. Uh, but that song, of course, is for happy birthday. Um, there's... After every happy birthday, it's happy birthday, fuck you, happy birthday, fuck you. I don't know if there's, is there any resolution to that, or are we just saying fuck you? You're just saying fuck you. Sometimes it's happy birthday, fuck you, woo! <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> we love a Ric Flair. Of course, when Janet gets cut off, sluts never get to finish. You'll get to say that again sometime soon. And then actually... Uh, one of my favorite callbacks from the show when Rocky is eating like an animal, Rocky eat like Marine, and then when he stabs it in still a very savage way and eats it stabbed off the fork, no, Rocky eat like Marine officer. But that's all I got. Did I miss any? A couple. I don't know that I like this one, but it is one that... I've heard several times when Riff pours the wine on Dr. Scott, you can say pour some ripple on your cripple or, oh no, my depends are leaking. 
because Dr. Scott then puts his napkin over his lap because it's covered in wine. So those exist, I guess. Yeah. And then after after Frank is done slicing, you go all sliced up and no place to go. Woo! And then there's after two absent friends, you can say two absent toast. If you're at a cast who either doesn't do prop bags or they don't do real toast. So that can be fun. Oh, I think I've heard that before and did not understand what people were getting at. Yeah. That's funny, actually. And then there's introducing the first gay unicorn or Charlie when you see Frankenfurter put on the hat or if you happen to have a bunch of people in your audience who like Harry Potter first, very sorry for you. But also (laughs) at this point, when he puts the hat on his head, somebody will go Gryffindor or some (laughs) stupid shit like that. Yeah. And that person is Kelly because Kelly loves no. Harry Potter. I mean, I loved it as much as any of us did when I was a kid. Um, even before, even before J.K. Rowling started acting a fool, I when I grew up, I was kind of like, "Are y'all okay? Like, it is a children's book. Like, I've moved on." Yeah. Um. Like, it, it, it was, I, I still think it's, well, I don't think it's as good as I used to, but there's something about it, clearly, that captures children's uh, interest. For sure. There's a reason that all of us got so sucked into it at that age. I think probably just the general, like, character and the kind of silly world. But, like, it's not, it's not great writing. It's not great, um... It does. It has plot holes that bothered me even as a child, you know. So, and obviously the writer is a piece of shit. And as an adult, I can recognize a lot of really problematic elements. Anyway, um, I would say I should stop because I don't want to alienate the Potterheads. But I actually don't care about alienating the Potterheads. Yeah, if you're so. a turf, perhaps stop um, listening to us. So true. Yeah, feel free to give us a five-star review about how sad you are <laughs> that we don't like TERFs. Uh, instead, perhaps check out the Animorphs series, whose author is a delight and supports trans youth. And also, those books are actually really good and available for free. She, like, made them all available for free. Oh, I didn't know that. So That's very Yeah, cool. she's got all the PDFs on her website, I think. That's awesome. I loved that series as a kid. It was my life. Uh, it's also it is weirdly dark. So if you haven't read it and you like have kids, I guess just make sure they're ready for like pretty intense shit <laughs> before you give this to them. But it is uh, it is great. Anyway, um, I have a couple more callbacks. Oh yeah, <laughs> Rocky Horror. Yeah. Um. So. You can, when, at the same time that you said the callback for Rocky, like, Marine Officer, uh, Columbia, when she does the kind of nudge thing at Rocky to use a fork, you can say, if you're going to eat my boyfriend, at least use a fork. Or I guess it's eat out my boyfriend. And then, 
I, I don't know if this is necessarily a callback so much as a a Suze to Mary, but because of uh, the way that the scene was cut, Brad gets dealt two servings of meat. So I remember when I got dealt two servings of meat. <laughs> Ooh, couldn't sit down for a week. Anyway. <laughs> Reminds me of my first time. That's not true. Um but you can go, I love the way Riff slings his meat, or no fair, Brad gets two servings. And that's all I have. Well, that was a nice petite episode. Yeah. Should I share another dinner party tale? I think you should. Okay, well, Leandra alluded to this, but when my family moved into the family farm that I was raised on from, like, age nine on... We had to we had to socialize with the people we were buying the farm from for a while because there were still like some pastures that it was a whole thing. It was basically we were still in negotiations about some things. So we kept having to have dinner at their house and they had two very overfed, very spoiled pugs who were fine, but they they were super spoiled. That it was very much a like our dogs are our human children even though they also had like adult human children but the they did not eat dog food they only ate human food the first time we had dinner there i was quite shocked when a pug hopped up on the table and started licking a covered dish and the lady was like oh yeah she wants some of whatever that is just give some to her and i was like um okay but it's a dog and we're eating dinner. And this was also, it was kind of like a, they were kind of like bougie and this was kind of like a fancy sit down dinner. And then we're in the like sitting room afterwards talking and one of the pugs came up and started humping one of the host's legs. And instead of being like, stop the way any a normal person would, she just stuck out the leg so the dog would get better traction. And that was one of the most surreal experiences of my life. My whole family, like, could not get to the car fast enough to be like, what the fuck was that? It was like the Twilight Zone. So, It has been zero yeah. days since we've spoken about bestiality. <laughs> I mean, what the hell? I just... I've seen people be weird about their dogs before but that was next level so yeah that was that was another one and still not the worst dinner party i've been to Ooh, maybe something for another episode perhaps but for now you don't you don't have, have to, to go, go home, home but but you can't stay you here can't stay here so get the fuck out. So get the fuck out. To the late night, double feature, picture